welcome to Imperial Interludes. This is episode 28 for uh, the Book of Mandalorian, season 1, episode 6. And with me, as always, is Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Hey, Tim. I think you mean the Book of Boba Fett. What did I say? <laughs> the Book of Mandalorian. Well, you could be right. <laughs> well, given, given the quote-unquote oh, the, the, yes. the internet, it's already uh, people proposing the writers aboard of Boba, which is completely bullshit. Yes, it is. Well, I was thinking about this. Before I was we start about the episode, this, I, I've yeah. got one thing I've checked uh, from the last uh, episode. Mm -hmm. You know that somebody uh, put out on there that the markings on the Naboo Starfighter could be the markings of the one that young Anakin Skywalker was flying? Yeah, it's not. No, it's not. I just checked it before the show started, and no, it's not. It's they actually similar, came out different. and said so, I think, if I remember correctly as well. Someone came out from stock from Lucasfilm and said no. <laughs> well, it, it would have been a stretch for all yeah. I care. It, it would have been fun if that would have been the one of the uh, fighters that mm. got almost blown up when uh, mm -hmm. uh, Senator Amidala went to Coruscant in the second Oh, movie. yeah. True. Yeah, that could that could have been one. I mean, I've got a I've got a correction as well of sorts of something I said, which I know now because I went back and watched it a couple, listened to it a couple of times. It wasn't. You no, know, when I said I thought it was um Din Djarin talking about Boba, yeah, in the trailer, it's not. It's actually is the mayor. Yeah, as you said, and I was I was in the assumption and listened to it. I thought that sounds like Din, you know. So yep. I went back, re-listened to it, and then but when if, you listen if you to... listen to the voices of those two actors side mm -hmm. by side, they are very very similar. Yeah, because it's Robert Rodriguez, isn't it? So and they're both of Latin sort of descent, you know, with Pedro being Puerto Rican, I think Pedro is. And, um, and while we're on the subject of of weird off-topic things, mm -hmm. um, today I got something that is just adjacently interesting for uh, fans of the book of Boba Fett because um, uh, there's a thread on the German Asmodee forum regarding rules and rules mm -hmm. reference books mm -hmm. and, and somebody was uh, I'd say complain is too harsh but was asking uh, will the latest rules reference book get a translation mm -hmm. and actually an official member of the team said yeah, look for news next week on that. You will be surprised. Ah, but I've got something adjacent to that as well as and before we discuss the episode, because it's going to be an interesting episode to discuss, to say the least. Um, did you watch the FFG, the, the I'll start again again, did you watch the AMG stream on Wednesday? No, I didn't. Wednesday, it was Dallas Kemp and he was painting two ATSTs up. Okay. Yeah, but I, what he I, said, I jumped the, into that stream for a second and then went off again. Well, if you look at what is said on YouTube, but he also says it's in the description on YouTube, but he also says it in the stream that the two ATSTs that he's painting are for the Battle Force. Hmm. And he also mentioned coming soon is the Shadow Collective. Well, maybe. AMG finally getting their act together, mm -hmm. and next week we will mm -hmm. see some news about that. that would yeah, make for an interesting week. It will be. I mean, it was just interesting that he mentioned Battle Force and its two ATSTs. So if they're doing that starter box that we think the Battle Forces might be, you know, those get people into the game thing, yeah, where it's mm -hmm. just one, see one faction in a box. 
Well, two ATSTs together. Uh, what? What's an ATST? Forty euros, is it? It's it's a chunky one. It's even more expensive. Yeah. I think it was fifty or something. Mm-hmm. I, I I'd be hard pressed if no. Let let me start over. If they put two ATSTs in a box, mm-hmm. the box will be way too expensive for new players. Mm-hmm. It'll make no sense mm-hmm. if they make if he painted them up because they were showing two boxes. Again... I'm, I'm not sure it was the standard ATST model. It looked, you know, it was exactly the same. It was just you can know, think what I thought was it might be a single ATST w- with the snow troopers because that's what the battle box is supposed to be. Yeah, that is, it's going to be a, going to be a half box, isn't it? I think. Yeah, or was it the rebels a half box? But I think uh, looking at that way, they could work that way. But I think we'll need to wait and see what they are actually making of it. Yeah. But it was interesting that you know that the Asmodi, as you said, Asmodi Germany posted that about the about the rules, and then on the stream, Dallas Kent mentioned the battle boxes and the shadow collective. So I'm wondering if they're finally, as you said, getting their act together to say this is what's coming. Would be a nice uh, change of pace. Mm-hmm. But getting back Definitely. on the book of Boba Fett. Indeed. Someone came from the desert. I think mm-hmm. the episode was called, which. Yeah. Yeah, from the desert comes a stranger. Yeah, something along those lines. And mm-hmm. have you noticed that the uh, intro music got a whole lot more westerny? Or is little, that my yes. imagination? No, no, there's 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 serious western spaghetti western vibes in in there. So I'm not imagining things no. like a banjo or something. But, but of course, <laughs> of course, when. When the episode was done and dusted and the director popped up, it was obvious who was the director. Even yeah. from that front shot, you know, the 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 the, 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 the moisture vapor. So the so it opens with the moisture vapor, several moisture vaporators and the pikes sort of doing a deal, didn't it? And then And a very uh very western cop band. Yes. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant channeling channeling his character from Deadwood. <laughs> I, I'd say he would fit in in that role with any Clint Eastwood uh, Western oh, yeah. find. Definitely, but he was definitely challenging. He's done two TV series, additionally to like, but he's done a lot of stuff. But he's done two TV series which are very distinctively Western. He did Deadwood, the HBO show, but then he did another show called um, Justified, where he played a Texas Ranger who heads back to the American Appalachian Mountains, and it's very much the similar type of character. Uh, but that's that. That justified was a modern setting. It was like a modern western, mm-hmm. um, but very much Timothy Oliphant just suits that role of Cobb Vanth the way that they've structured Cobb Vanth. I did see that um, the the writer of the book where Cobb Vanth uh, appears came out this week and was unhappy with the way that Disney has been portraying Cobb Vanth. But it's like as somebody mentioned in in the you know. It was he tweeted about it, so there was a couple of the Star Wars podcasts, and I think it was Star Wars Explained and something or something else mm-hmm. mentioned about um, the fact is that Disney don't have to adhere to what was written in the books. You know, yes, those aftermath and those books where Cobb Van first appears are canon because they were written, you know, to lead up into I think it's the Last Jedi or or Force Awakens, but the way that Disney didn't, you know. Have taken the character, and especially John Favreau and Dave Filoni, who've written the character, because they're the one that's written the live-action version. They don't have to adhere to what 
the author thought Cobb Vance would be, you know, from when he created the character in the books, you know? So, yeah. and also, you know, let's face it, people change over time, so exactly. why, why should a character not be mm -hmm. allowed to change? Yeah, it's just, just that there has been over the past sort of couple of months, um, it's Chuck Wendig who's, who's you know, who's, who's the author, has been very vocal about certain things, and, you know, he's He's not known to hold his, his tongue, shall we say, over things. And it's like, well, you don't really have an argument in this, that, this that thing. That reminds you know? me a bit of the uh, outcry of the author of The Witcher, who was unhappy mm -hmm. on how his creation was depicted in video game and the TV series. Mm -hmm. When I think to myself, yeah, but you sold these rights. So yeah. Mm -hmm. and, he was, <laughs> and what was interesting about that one as well is he was on set and, and came to set and met Henry Cavill and the showrunner for the Witcher and did an interview with them. You know, there's there's footage of the interview, like the behind the scenes Netflix did. And he's blissfully happy chat laughing and talking to them and all that. Yeah, I, I guess he, he went to become unhappy when he realized uh, a that he wasn't getting his... series isn't yeah. translating to successful sales of books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because well, people you know, are like that. Yeah, well, yes, <laughs> but we're getting is. off topic. So, well, it's, 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 it's an adjacent thing. So, in, mm -hmm. a, in a little transaction by the syndicate, uh, uh, which ends quite predictably with three dead pikes on the floor mm -hmm. and a third one, a fifth, mm -hmm. fourth one, bloody fourth hell, one I can't get my numbers together. English. The fourth one then uh, having to uh, trail off with just the ice cream bucket. Yeah, with just the money. Yeah. And he left the spice. And then he mentions about, you know, the spice being more... Than, Lots of something to retire on. He went, well, maybe I'll retire. And then, as the speeder disappears off, he goes up, opens it up with his. Is he open up with his hat? He opens up no, with he, his hat, doesn't he? He, he, he boots stands it up and uses his boot and kicks it over. And then kicks it over. Yeah, I knew he kicked it over. I just couldn't remember if he needed them to open it and then stood back up to. No, he he, to he kick stood it over. over it, looking down mm -hmm. on it very, with a very yeah. distinct look on his face mm -hmm. and kicking it. Yeah, indeed. And then we cut to the N1 Starfighter. No, and, and to, af, after that scene, we get the yeah. very distinct Western music, and then we mm -hmm. have a Naboo Starfighter we do. going down onto what is supposedly Yavin 4, I guess. I don't know. There's lots of speculation around which one it is, but in the comics and the stuff, you know, the canon and things about it. Yeah. Especially around where the Jedi were. Kylo Ren was, you know, destroyed the Jedi um, training school. Yeah, when Luke the tries Academy. to kill him, the yeah. Academy. They say it's on Yavin Four. Yeah, and I... I'm under the assumption it's Yavin Four, but it's not said which planet it is. No, it's it's not really said. And to be fair, it looks it's a green planet. It could. Oh yeah, be I mean, it could be. It's definitely not um, Endor. <laughs> or, or it's a very remote place of Endor that does look like mm -hmm. the Endor we know. But that's True. also said for the parts of what we know of Endor, which looks like a jungle and is depicted yes. as a jungle. This looks more like a Asian forest with yeah, all the bamboo. I, I think it, yeah, because it was bamboo trees there. But I'm wondering if it is Yavin still, but just a it, different part of Yavin, where the be. where the um, Yes and Mary um, temple isn't. Is it Yes and Mary? Or the yes, no, however you pronounce where the Jedi, where the rebel base was. Yes. But anyway, we get we get Din flying over the Lush Mountains, and then we get the we hear in the cockpit a beep, 
and then we get the panning down shot from a little antenna to that favorite blue astromech droid that everybody loves. Yes. Which so I we was, get off. The, 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 this was one of the first moments in that episode where I went, "Oh, this is interesting." So we go, so we get the first of six or five carrots appearing, don't we? Sort of thing with R two D two turning up. Yeah, so so Auto D two performing the welcoming committee and uh, leading and air traffic control. <laughs> yeah, leading Din up to what is supposedly be a, a construction site where mm-hmm. multiple, and I mean multiple with a big M, six legged ant like robots yeah. are collecting big rocks mm-hmm. and putting them on top of each other to construct some kind of it looks like at that point dome shaped structure. It reminded me of the Arc 2 buildings, you know, that look disappeared off to in Last Jedi. Yeah, they, they have, have a very similar vibe. Yeah, and... very similar vibe to the Arc 2 buildings. But what was the interesting thing is when Din got out of the fighter, he called R2 hello friend. Was it hello friend? Yeah, something along those lines. He called R2 friend, which I thought was quite thing. And then, of course, R2 leads him somewhere and then you know, R2 then enters hibernation after the ant droids start building what looks like a bench. Yeah, the, the very interesting and yet unbelieving voice of Din Djarin going, is that a bench? How long yeah. do I need to wait here? And R2 <laughs> just shut up, uh, down it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, I guess we'll wait some time. <laughs> Indeed. I saw an interesting comment about that was when... They were trying to look for Luke in Force Awakens. R2 was asleep. Yeah. When Din Djarin was looking for Grogu, R2 fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, no, I can't be bothered. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, we cut to Grogu first. Now, you, you said, did you say last week that you didn't think we'd see you, Grogu? I think it would, would have been a bit too early, and I, I'm still surprised that he actually made it, because I was mm-hmm. under the impression they would just have it as a side arc and not mention it more so that the Book of Boba Fett would actually be pressed on in this episode, but, well, I'm wrong. <laughs> There's a lot of this episode. Well, it was 20 minutes of this episode, or the first 20 minutes were just... Din Djarin meeting Grogu, or that whole arc of the, of the like, the first act. Yeah. Or the first act in a bit. Well, the first act, I would say, was Tatooine, yeah? The next sort of act, if you bung this into a three or four act, the next act was Din on and Grogu in the whole Grogu arc. And then the third act was when Din went back to Tatooine, and the final act is sort of what happened... In that final section, with maybe the 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 ending of it, you know, you could divide it into different acts, definitely. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we get we get to see Grogu meditating with a, an incredibly deep faked Luke Skywalker. That was an incredible yeah the the CG stuff. The, the face was way better than in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It looked well. I, astonishingly I, real and yeah. at, at times you could almost forget that 40 was, years have passed yeah it, w- it was a different actor as well who was playing luke in this one compared to the actor who played him in mando and supposedly i was watching the star wars explained podcast because of on youtube so the post up you know that the analysis of the episode and they went off and checked and supposedly i don't know how true it is they're saying that it, luke skywalker alone 
the effects for him was a million dollars. Well, could very much be. If, yeah. if you have but, enough people working on a project, that well, sums up pretty, pretty fast. They, they hired Shamook, didn't they? The, the YouTuber who had done the, the original deepfake for Luke. Yeah, I think so. They, they hired him, so it looks like it's probably his work while working in that whatever the team, you know, we'll call it the deepfake team, but it's not. It's it's the, um, I think, their the facial record, their facial something or that effects team that it's called it's got some proper dedicated team to it yeah but that that deep fake and was just incredible and i saw another tweet which was interesting where they were talking about the voice yeah the, the voice is a beast on its own because and this this has the potential for future generations to really fuck them over uh, yeah. actors that is mm -hmm. um so the the voice is not mark hamill no. It's a synthesized version mm -hmm. that has been created using yeah. deep learning and neural yeah. networking. Yeah. So they used old, high-quality uh, audio they've got from him and just resampled the voice. Yeah. I've yeah. read that some people were complaining that uh, the voice of Luke Skywalker in this episode would feel soulless, and no. I have to disagree. I watched oh. rewatched the episode today just on that <laughs> premise to, to see if I missed anything. He he doesn't feel soulless. He's um he's not devoid of emotions, but he has his emotions under control, like you would <laughs> expect from a Jedi Master. He doesn't go on and shouts about people or is disappointed in things. He keeps a level-headed tone, like Yoda did when we had seen him last time in Return of the Jedi. It's like Kenobi, like yeah, how Kenobi acts and stuff like that, you know. He he doesn't need to mm -hmm. put uh, his emotions into his voice. He can make himself heard and felt otherwise. Yes, it was just interesting that I, I saw people say that about the voice, and I thought, well, no, it's it's, and I think it's people are reading too much into the fact that it was fully a fully deep fake look with a with a synthesized voice. You know, they, I know when, the, when they did The Mandalorian, they did have Mark Hamill read the lines and they took some of his voice and interlinked it with the machine learning that we're doing from all the interviews and stuff. So they could, you know, create a a Mark Hamill sounding, a Mark Hamill sounding as he did back in 83. But what we've got to remember as well is this is five years after. This is five years after Empire. Sorry, yeah. Jedi. So, this so is five the years after jump Jedi. isn't really that much yeah. as it was for the actor. Exactly. But also but, the, 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 the thing is is he's going to have learned control. He's going to you know, if he's the Jedi master that we saw in the Mando, which he is, you know, if he's that powerful now, you know, he's gonna to learn to temper his voice, temper his thing. As you said, he knows how to use the force to get his point across. It's a yeah. bit like Qui Gon at the beginning of um in episode one where they're on about negotiations and stuff, isn't he? You know, it's yeah. like you know the, the thing is, um, what I think uh, scared most people is if they can start using old material in that way mm -hmm. to get um, new scenes with new voice lines sounding uh, very, uh, not surprising, um, what's the word I'm looking for, convincing, mm -hmm. um, you're potentially out of the job faster than you know if you've made yourself a career and maybe have sold off the rights to any particular character mm. you've made 
So currently, let, let's imagine you're you're doing a new movie today, and there's a character that's brand new, and you do just this one role. But in your contract, it states everything you create within this movie is ours. You have no mm. rights to it. And then they take this material and make twenty new movies, and they yeah. sell like gangbusters, and you don't see a dime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an interesting playing field, but I think. You know, John Favreau probably said it best that the other in the in the gallery series when they're talking about the last episode of of Mando about the fact that it is a tool. You know, it's a tool that allows them to do specific specific things. But you could probably see some companies, you know, and doing. Let's face it: new technologies has always been used yeah. to to mm -hmm. make people more money and need to pay others yeah. less. It at this point, it's up to the contracts that mm -hmm. though they have a, a a mark that says, yeah, you, you're not allowed to use mm -hmm. that to make more money without proper compensation. Yeah, yeah. But that, then, of course, when after we sort of see this this the scene of Luke before he even speaks, you get Grogu with his old frog fetish. <laughs> <laughs> the cyclist <laughs> frogs. You know, so so Grogu, you know, stretches his hand out of the force to steal one one thing. Luke opens his eyes. I think he sees Grogu, and then the the the, the frog falls to the ground, and then jumps into yeah. the water. And then Luke uses the force to um, basically pick up an entire field of them. Yeah, but but still, Grogu doesn't get to eat any of them. He still doesn't get to eat any of them. Yeah, which I find Luke... is a very harsh lesson. Well, it was more the fact that then, then Luke says, let's walk. But Grogu wasn't really walking, was he? <laughs> no, it, it, it's more like a one-handed force version of what ch uh, uh, parents do with their children to keep yeah. them to, uh, <laughs> yes. throw him two steps in front. Mm -hmm. And so then it, we get a very interesting scene when uh, Luke uh, helps him remember what happened mm -hmm. in the Jedi Temple yeah. way back when. But but before sort of before that as well, he he sort of says, "You remind me of somebody," and you know, and then he tries to do a Yoda, semi Yoda impersonation. But we get the music as well, which I thought was yeah. really cool that we got Yoda's theme when he says, "Si." Mm, the music size in this not. episode is something completely off the records to talk mm -hmm. about because in every oh, scene yeah. where it's appropriate, they use the mm -hmm. original scoring, mm -hmm. which I yeah. found very very well. It's good in a theatrical sense but i find it almost uh what's the word i'm looking for emotive because uh, it was it was very much to play on the emotions of the scenes yeah I think, it's it's you know. it's a bit backstabby drawing on strings <laughs> yeah sort of but then we get the cutscene of the purge now yeah. i I'm, I'm not like other people i didn't you know i saw a bunch of people you know, a bunch of reactors. I've watched some reactions to it and stuff, where people in the reactions is, are we going to get to see his home planet? I didn't think we'd get to see that. I think that's one thing that we'll probably never see. No, I that... think they'll keep that completely. Where Yoda's know... race comes from yeah. is, I think, a mystery they shouldn't put their I hands don't on. think we will get that. I think Dave and John Favreau and everybody will keep that one completely off, you know, off the limits, unless... You know, something pops up in Kenobi, but I doubt it. Um, but it was interesting to see the five first and the purge. Yeah, and and especially seeing it from this perspective, mm -hmm. uh, Grogu's uh, sitting in his crib, 
mm-hmm. and seeing three Jedi masters or young apprentices or whatever they are, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not clear, defending against clone troopers and all getting shot. Yeah, now I saw some some um, saying that what the saw some people saying that the Jedi, the lead, the front Jedi mm-hmm. is a, is a, is the Jedi called Sin Drilling, and it's D R A double L I G, yeah, and he's the chief of security at the Jedi Temple. Hmm. That he was, you know, that that he was the front Jedi, yeah. Now if we can't be sure if it is him or isn't him, yeah, um, because he's seen in the the holograms of Anakin killing, you know, killing him, you know, in the when when Kenobi was reviewing the security tapes. Yes, he's 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 sort of um, fighting, you know, Anakin alongside his Padawans. But then he was, you know, gunned. Then you have this this guy gunned down in front of Grogu. So are they retconning that? Because the retcon something else as well, you know, uh, later on in the episode, which we'll cover. Um, but it was just interesting to see the, you know, from from Grogu's point of view, what happened during the purge. But we yeah. didn't see who rescued him. Exactly. We we just see that they uh, the clone troopers notice him and come mm-hmm. running up to him, and at that point we don't know what happens. He he must yeah. have got away at somehow. I'm guessing, and this is a completely off the rails wild guess, that mm-hmm. we will potentially see that in uh, the Mandalorian. I think we'll see that one maybe on the Mandalorian and season three. I'm also guessing that that will be a moment where Grogu gives in to the Force and just uses his anger and. Squashes mm-hmm. those people. Maybe, maybe we'll see it in the book of. And uh, that's why he's so reluctant using his force when he in, mm-hmm. when we first see him in the Mandalorian. True. We'll either see it in the Mandalorian or we may see it in Ahsoka's TV series. Speaking of which. Speaking of which, af- indeed. After uh, he he by he There's I mean, a nice Logo, segue is, is coming <laughs> back from from his vision of the past. Um, mm-hmm. Dinjarin is awakened by a noise and is very quick on his feet only to see Ahsoka going, oh, (laughs) what are you doing here? (laughs) It was like, oh, we've got Ahsoka now. Oh, right, that means means everybody's going to lose their brains. As soon as I saw Ahsoka, I went, yeah, everybody's going to lose their brains because we're going to get a scene with Ahsoka and Luke. We're going to get to see Ahsoka and Luke. Yeah, or or, uh, as the internet might phrase it, we, we get a scene of Darth Vader's Padawan with his yes. son. <laughs> exactly. And it's like the internet will collectively lose its shit over this. Oh, they they're going to lose their mind over a line that Luke utters later in the episode, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's, 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 well, the internet did it. Completely lost it as yeah. soon as we got. You know, the first the first thing I've noticed on a lot of people was as soon as they got um, we saw Grogu, was everybody just lost that. That shit over Grogu, and then when Ahsoka turns up, it was like, ah, "What are they doing?" You know, and then Luke turned up, and then Ahsoka, and it was like, "What are they doing to it?" You know, you know what, what what's going on with the Star Wars? You know, yeah. I saw, I saw an interesting one, and this is a little side, but I saw something really interesting. You know, there's people complaining that the last two episodes of Book of Baba haven't really been Baba Fett. You know, not been the Book of Baba. Even though it's titled the Book of Baba, yeah, yeah. My, I've got this 
and I agree with this, is it doesn't matter what it's called. It's good Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, and also it, it's a literally a book title. So if you read a book and mm -hmm. it's called, let's say, The Game of Thrones, you're not reading about thrones all the time. You're reading about exactly. people around the story of thrones. Mm-hmm. It's it's more the fact that my my thing with it is more the fact is it's it's good Star Wars storytelling. It doesn't matter what the title is. Yeah, I, you know? I I get that people are annoyed to a degree that the main character has been off for one and a half episode at mm -hmm. this point. But then again, more people, would you please just keep calm and try to relax, enjoy the show. Yes, it's, it's bad. It, it's written well, and it's nothing you uh, actually can do about it. So enjoy yeah. it. It's it's more the fact as well as did you ever expect to see anything like this on television? No. Yeah, no. You know, are, uh, weird. Yeah. So we get to see we get to see um, Rosario Dawson as a Soka again, which I thought was really nice, and she has a little bit of a a chat with Din. I quite like the line is I'm a friend of the family when he says what are you what are you doing here? He goes, I'm a friend of the family. I'm an old friend of the family. Yeah. Which I thought was really just yeah, she is. And, and then they two do a walk and yeah. uh, uh it all ends with Dinjarn not looking very happy, which is quite a feat if you think that he's still mm. wearing his helmet. Mm -hmm. uh, handing over whatever is in the little parcel we don't mm -hmm. know yet. I'll just say I was right. Yeah, I um, think everybody was right about what was in the little parcel. And and then uh, he heads off planet. Yeah, and then we got the scene of Grogu putting his hand out as the, the ship flies off. But what was interesting is the, the questioning Ahsoka was asking him about, you know, are you here, are you doing it for him or are you doing it for yourself? Yeah. She was basically put, getting him to think about why he wanted to go and see Grogu and not then not doing it. He you know, he chooses, you know, he chooses chooses to give Ahsoka the the package to deliver yeah. on his spot, or she says she'll deliver it on his behalf. Yeah, and uh, then Luke continues training um, mm -hmm. Grogu, making him jump, which I found up to totally cute, cute par excellence. <laughs> the, the <laughs> but I was thinking more, it was it was you know to get him to jump, and then well, he has him in a backpack first. So it's clearly where we're going back to Dagobah, aren't we? No, no he, the, the jumping is first. Then he takes him on a on the trip with a with a backpack. Mm. No, he places him down in a backpack, does the jumping, and then puts him back in the. the oh backpack yeah, you're right. Does some more. Then they do. Then they do some Dagobah training, and then and then he picks up a a what you call it a remote. The training remote, which <laughs> the is training remote, hauntingly yeah. familiar. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, he's it's, and also Grogu. If you watch as as Grogu's meditating, he's sort of watching as Luke's practicing with his lightsaber, and he's sort of looking at it with you know that sort of curiosity thing as well. So that's big sort of childlike little, eyes, as you yes, would expect. Sort of that's a little bit of foreshadowing, shall we say, <laughs> in some respects. But then, of course, we have the training remote where Grogu's jumping out of the way of the laser beams now. And then as it's doing that, we get the scene everybody wanted, which is Luke watching as Ahsoka enters, enters the scene. Yeah, and uh, Grogu then, for some odd reason, crushes 
the remote with the, mm -hmm. with the force. Mm -hmm. And I was a bit surprised that he didn't get scolded from, for, for it by Luke because that was a quite aggressive turn. So, but, but Luke just goes, yeah, well done. Mm -hmm. and but then, of course, that sort of throws back to Mando, the last episode of Mando, which was where Luke basically crushed an entire uh, dark trooper, didn't he? Yeah. So, you know, it's, one. <laughs> well, he cut lots in half and then <laughs> crushed a bunch. Yeah. But what's interesting is when Ahsoka sort of comes in the scene and we get them, share, you know, the conversation between the two of them and then... You know, I've noticed on the web where people were were going. Can we have them? Can we have them just sit down for thirty minutes and talk about Anakin? <laughs> <laughs> you might get that. You may get that yet in the Soka show because there's some interesting casting news popped up about that, which we can do at the end. Yeah. Um, and, but and then she, we get she hands uh, Luke the the little bag of whatever it is to Luke. Yes. And yes. then bids her farewell. And at that point, we have a. Sentence uttered by Luke that made me go, oh? So he asks her, will I see you again? Yeah, and she says, you may. It, was it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, wasn't the whole point of being a Jedi to cut ties with people you love because it makes you more vulnerable, yada, yada, yada? <laughs> Maybe, but also remember, Ahsoka isn't a Jedi. Yeah, but she herself is admitting to that, and Luke mm -hmm. later in this episode is going along those lines as well. Mm -hmm. So, there's things. But what was interesting is when Luke says when when Luke was explaining to to Soka about where he doesn't think Grogu's heart is in it. That's you know, Gro mm -hmm. she says that you know that Grogu did, didn't have a strong bond, and then she hands him the cloth, and then. Then uh, Luke starts to admit he's wondering whether Grogu is committed to being a Jedi. And then Ahsoka, in the line that he says, she looks up and goes, just like your father, so like your father, which I thought was really good because she knows exactly what Anakin was like, you know, because Anakin had those same sort of doubts. And then she says, you know, trust your feelings, trust your instincts with Grogu. And then she disappears off and says, bids him, may the force be with you. Uh, but what was interesting as well is, if you listen to when she says that and turns to leave, the music is the Skywalker theme from Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 the ship attack, the, the destruction of the Dark Troopers, it's the exact same theme. So so we've had, you know, a bit of the Ahsoka theme, I think, in there. We had a bit of Yoda's theme in there. Um, yeah, you know, as I said, the, the, the musical composer on this series is mm -hmm. really playing strings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we get Ahsoka leaving, and then, of course, it cuts to Luke watching Grogu as he's resting on the rock after destroying the remote. And we cut back to the the um, the N1 fighter entering Tatooine space and heading to, the, to, to, um, to Jabba's palace. No. And then, uh, well, yeah. yeah, it's Jabba's palace because the N1 flans to Jabba's palace, and then we have one of the Gamorrean guards greet sort of as Din jumps out and says, Fennec Shan. Yeah, so the, the, the here on the request of Fennec Shan. Yeah, and the Gamorrean grunts and then goes in and then we get seen in the throne room with Fennec doing a briefing with the mods, as they're being called. And also, so we have Boba Fett in yes. this episode. Stop complaining, uh, you wankers. Exactly. 
Uh, and I thought it was really interesting that she actually said it, where she said, Black Chrysanthemum. This is, sorry, she goes, This is the Mandalorian Dinjarin, who nods and Baba nods at him. So we get that scene. And then mm -hmm. she goes, and, and Black, you know, and then when she says, you know, between him and Black Chrysanthemum. So they actually gave Chrysanthemum his proper, the title from the comics that he has, because mm -hmm. that's what he's called in the comics, um, that they're the, the enforcers. We have enough experienced enforcers. We're just missing foot soldiers. But of course, the major domo's there as well, because he says, you know, the the, the major domo yeah. to the mayor, and he goes, uh, "What was it?" Um, yeah, the, the mayor has left it's, the planet. Actually, yeah. that has yes. been a long planned a vacation, a scheduled <laughs> vacation, and and looks at him as much to say, "You shut up, or you're going to end up dead." Yeah, and then the the Gamorian guard that is he is chained to just grunts at him. Yes. <laughs> you know pulls it back you know so then you know we then get you know basically a bit of history that the the, the crime families are willing to lay low and let the pikes basically run the city you know and then then when you know when that line sort of about Din coming in and stuff is a little bit later on the scene where she says you know we're missing foot soldiers and Din goes i might be able to help with that and then we cut to Basically, the N1 Starfighter flying, circling a stand crawler with a huge, great big great dragon skull yeah, on it. Yeah, I, I love that, that shot. I I absolutely love that one. <laughs> the, the sheer thought of some Javas finding that skull, holding it on top of their <laughs> sand crawler. Well, we know where they got the skull. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yes, and then and then you know Din landing in. What struck um, me a bit weird is they were actually waving at the end yes. like they knew who he was. I've got a suspicion that's the same, possibly some of the same Jawas that worked on the N1. I think that's what the um that, that's the a possibility. I, I was thinking about the uh, the Jawas he he made explodey going <laughs> in the Mandalorian. <laughs> well, there's those ones as well, but they weren't on Tatooine. They were on the same planet as Kirill. Where you got the where you got uh, Grogu from? It wasn't Tatooine. Oh yes, you're right. So Dif different desert planet. Different desert planet, yes. <laughs> but definitely, I'm wondering if it's the same Jawas that knew uh, what's up is uh, from the last episode and helped build the end one or the souped up end one. But the, that end one really does remind me of, and you know, you know, we've had people complaining about the mods on the their their mopeds which are pretty much what george would have picked because it's that 1950s vibe of mm -hmm. you know of, of the gang vibe that the n1 really does with that stuck out part of the engine at the top that looks like a, yeah it's a hot rod it's something that george would have put in um american graffiti you know it's definitely something like that you know from the, the, the 50s that sort of hot rod style yeah, and also uh, yeah. that would be something that would fit in the narrative of Luke mm -hmm. Skywalker going to Toshi Station to get some yeah. energy converters just to hang yeah. and, and tinker on, on, on vehicles. Yeah, it was very much something that George would have put together. So, you know, people complain about the mods and even I don't think anybody's complained about the N1, which is a little bit strange. But, you know, it's like it's very much of George's branding within the tech was very much of his childhood, I think, you know, and they've just mm. taken that through. But then we get um, the N1 landing at um, Mos Pelgo, 
and, the and we get introduced to Deputy Dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Red shirt number one. <laughs> I, the, the second that guy opened his mouth, and, I was uh, thinking, like, he's not going to end well. No, I was, I was expecting Din to go, oh, get out of my way. <laughs> you know, yeah, just so, punch, him. punch him in the face or something. Yeah, and then we get Cobb basically coming up behind the deputy, going, I'll deal with this. And then, of course, he asks where his little friend is. Um, yeah. He said he's taken back with his with the center. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, so, so we both, both lost something that was valuable to us, referring exactly. to his armor. <laughs> yeah. And then when they're in the cantina and they're talking, where, Din, where Din's trying to get some assistance, you know, and explain what's going on, he calls it by Mos Pelgo, and then the, the wee queer tells him, no, it's now called Freetown. Yeah, which I find hilarious having well, people re renaming their cities. That's what it's called in the book. That's well, now, what it's now it's what also it's... called Freetown in the movie. Yeah, so now they've taken. Yeah, Freetown was what it was called in uh, Aftermath, in the novel Aftermath, which is where um, Cobb Vanth was introduced. So they've actually taken the, the the thing from Aftermath and put it in, uh, into the TV series. Because aftermath is setting up, um, uh, force is it Force Awakens? Yeah, it's setting up Force Awakens. So you've got those three novels that are setting up basically Force Awakens, and of course Cobb Vance in in the aftermath novel. Well, but maybe, uh, maybe we'll see a Cobb Vance TV series. Well, there's rumblings that the Rangers of the New Republic isn't cancelled; that it's still there. They're just trying to rework it. But I'm wondering, you know, because of because originally it was going to be Cara Dune's TV series. I can still see her coming back to this, but we'll see, you know. Um, but where the rework it maybe with Cobb Vanth and the the New Republic commander, that's you know that's that's there. Um, the fight, the pilot one. But then we get, you know, we get, you know, the the conversation between Din and them and and Din flying off. And then we get the the um, the, the lone figure yep. coming out of the desert. Just before that, uh, Cop Vanth is asking uh, the the weak way to yes. gather all able men and all able men and women of fighting you know, yeah. to come in. So because he has something to tell them that would potentially have a uh, yeah influence on their life. Mm -hmm. That would possibly change their minds about what he's got to say, and then we get basically the title. Yeah, the at, at this point we are going full spaghetti western one on one. We are, we really are, and it was like as soon as I saw the silhouette, I went, "Yeah, they've done it." Well, the, the hat is quite uh, one of a kind in the Star Wars universe. Uh, it is what what interesting characters goes. Mm -hmm. It is, but it's not as wide as it is from Clone Wars. It's actually more of the design that they put in the um, Bad Batch. Yeah, I think that's for pra practical reasons. Oh, it's definitely practical reasons because the speaking of practical reasons, and they've said it's been mentioned as well that they did some work on the Leku for Rosario Dawson as well to make them easier. Yeah. Compared to what they were in, in the Mando and stuff. But anyway, we get a character walking out of the desert. So that is basically uh, the, the title of the episode, basically. And 
it's zero, it's, it's zero from the desert. The stranger comes, so we get the stranger walking towards them, and it's like, and the okay. deputy is telling everybody to get inside. Uh, Cobbbank tells everybody to get inside. The deputy starts thinking things, and then he comes out and goes, "I'm not letting you stay by yourself." And then he tells him, "Get inside." As the stranger comes up, and as soon as the stranger comes into a better view, we all see who it is, and it's Cad Bane, and it's yes. like. Oh Jesus! Now, this—the very opening scene—is setting up this completely, because in Clone Wars we know Cad Bane is a very efficient gunslinger. Yeah, he be he you know he's four Jedi. He's worked for the Sith. He's you know he's he's he out to Drew Hunter in the Bad Batch. Early next week. Yeah, he, he's not nothing to be. Uh, nothing to be, to be sneezed at. There's the unseen episode that was written where him and Boba fight each other. There was an episode of Clone Wars, you know, where they were going to uh, season seven before it got cancelled. Mm-hmm. Not the new season seven, but the previous ones. And there's an animatic of him and Boba doing basically this style of gun fight, and that's where Boba got the hel- the dent in the helmet, supposedly. So the Denton Boba's helmet is supposedly from Card Bane in this animatic. I don't know if they'll bring that into if if Boba and Card will face off in episode seven. But we get Card Bane and it's the voice actor as well. Uh it's not his it's not him in in the 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 as the actor on screen. No, it's Corey Burton. It's Corey Burton's the voice, and he's doing the voice as well of Card Bane. And as soon as he opened his mouth, it was like, yeah, okay. And yeah. Then... Speak, speaking of mouth, the only <laughs> thing that actually disappointed me was that they d- deprived him of his toothpick. <laughs> Not you as well. <laughs> let, let, let's face it, it, it's a very distinct mark oh, it, of him. Yeah, it, it is a very distinct, but it's like, oh, it's he, one He plays small with thing. it in the, in the cartoon series all the time. Yes, I know. And, well, and then, and then I, of course, I would, so... have, I would have given it if he just had it in his mouth and just spat it out prior, and it ha- wouldn't have been seen ever since. Mm-hmm. But to completely did have not there. show it, I felt that was miss. It's it's like, uh, I don't know, have, having a banther with only one leg. <laughs> yeah, but is it good? Is it ruining your entire enjoyment of the episode? Uh, it gives me something to nag about. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but that, but but as well, of course, is you know we get the the face off with them with basically uh, all the talking coming from Cad, but he never introduces himself. No, he doesn't Cop say his name. his name. Never says his name, but he does does warn Cobb about Fett being a cold blooded killer that worked for the Empire, which is yeah. which is really weird because. Cad Bane is a cold-blooded killer who worked, as I said, for the Sith, the separatists, yeah. the Empire. But let's the, face the it, he, he's just pulling those strings to, to make oh, yeah. uh, Freetown comply. Mm. And yes. I think Cobb Vanth asks him two or three times of his name, yes. and he just doesn't give a shit. There's an answer. And then, of course, we get the stupid deputy, who's the one that drew, sort of tried to draw first. Yeah, and then get, gets shot by Cat Bane. Cat Bane then shoots uh, Cop Vance oh, sh- and then sh- proceeds to shoot the deputy three more times. Well, he, sh- he shoots Cop. The deputy draws. 
Cad Bane draws first, shoots shoots Cobb Vanth in the shoulder. Didn't if you look where the, the if you watch the scene, you can pause it. You can see Cobb is hit in the right shoulder. So he's yeah, not. I think he, he shoots the, the deputy first, and then no, he shoots he shoots Cobb and then spins to the deputy and basically blasts the deputy out of um back to the Stone Age. Yeah, so, so the, deputy the deputy gets... can't even get his gun out. He doesn't even get his gun clear. Yeah, he, he he gets more than one hit to the chest mm-hmm. and is yes. quite dead. And as yes. you just mentioned, it, it, even if you don't pause the situation, uh, the the scene, you it's very like clear to see that Kopvanth is hit not in the center at all, so so no. in the shoulder, and the way he's lying on the side, I'm guessing he will be all right. Cop, I think Cop, they're not going to do that to Vanth. He's definitely wounded. Yeah, but he the, will be uh, wounded, but he will survive and potentially yeah. lead the uh, people of Freetown mm-hmm. to support to all of that. To support Baba, yeah. But then, of course, he basically says, Bane says, you know, the, as long as the spice runs, everybody be left alone. And then just walks off. And he doesn't say Pike Syndicate, though. This is the interesting thing, and I'm probably reading too much in it. He says it belongs to the Syndicate. I'm definitely wondering, are they setting up Crimson Dawn here? Are they setting up the fact that the Pikes... And I think it might be... It could be a stinger at the end of, you know, like we had with... um, What's-his-face? Moff Gideon turning up with the Darksaber at the very last scene of the Mando. I'm wondering if they're setting that up so that we get to see who's actually running the Pikes syndicate. Because I think the Pikes are, are basically... We know the Pikes, the Feline, and... There was, I think, there was another criminal organization when Maul was running Crimson Dawn, and we saw those those three. We saw three elements on Mandalore, along with some Mandalorians, of course, as well. Yeah, um, but I guess that's beyond speculation. Oh, it's they, beyond they, speculation. They could but, go anyway at the mm-hmm. current point. Yeah, but definitely, he's Cobbant is 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 alive if injured. He definitely died, and then of course Cad Bane wandered back out into the desert, probably to his ship or to a, to a speeder. Um, and then we get a scene after that as well of the sanctuary being basically two Pike enforcers entering Garza Whip's sanctuary. Yeah, sits down. They, they sit down, refuse the offer to get their helmet okay. polished. Yeah. Order something, but prior to them getting their order, they leave. Mm-hmm. Leaving that the, towards it's called the the uh, weird droid just goes, sirs, you've left left your uh, what's it called? Cantor. C M T O Cantor T O N O. Yeah, the the ice bucket. Yeah. And at that second, the, the, the goes, mistress of the place just goes, oh shit. <laughs> well, we don't even get. We just get the eyes open. Why don't we? Yeah, she, she's. Looking not too happy, and at the next scene, we just see the front of the sanctuary going boom. Now, Jennifer Beals, who plays the character, said people have to ask Dave Filoni and John Favreau to see if she survives. <laughs> because she, she could survive, just be very badly injured. You know, we, we've seen it. Maul got cut in half. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> and, and let, let, let's face it. The second... The droid utters the words, you have forgotten your cab, yeah. 
mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she knows exactly what's going to and happen. Could and be, could be running. I, I don't know that she would waste time on running, just lay flat on the floor. Exactly. So, you know, she might have survived. We don't know. It'd be nice. I would like to see that character survive and do more with Gossip because, I, you know, yeah. a, Jennifer Beals, the character just looked incredible on screen. And I'm I'm still all for having uh, her having a love relationship with Boba Fett. (laughs) I'm I'm not through on that one. You're not through on that 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 ship, buddy. You know. And then of course we get the final scene. To say we have a very much lack of love stories in these Mm. episodes. Very true. The, the the only thing I could remember from the top of my head is the one where they in, in the Mandalorian ship that frog lady from A to B. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything else is devoid of any love or passion. Yeah, it's 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 all it's all the things. <laughs> but then we get the final scene, of course, don't we? Where yeah. we find find out what was in the little red cloth. Also, it's the scene where we see what these androids were building. Yes. The, uh, Let's call it the training hall, for lack of a yeah. better word. And so we have so we have Luke sitting there, cross-legged, with Grogu in front of him, presenting him the basically the Beskar chain shirt that the Mandalorian. Yes, chainmail armor. Chainmail Yay. armor. Beskar <laughs> chainmail. But then he gives Grogu a choice. A, a choice. He says, "In this box is a lightsaber." So he opens up, pulls out the lightsaber, and presses it on. And he goes, this belonged to my master. Now, that's a bit of a retcon, because in the comics, and this is this is a Marvel comic, so I don't know if, it's, if it was classed as canon. I think it is. Yoda's lightsaber was found by the, you know, the major domo of uh, Palpatine, the one with the, the long leku and the yeah. sort of the spiky on it. It was actually found by him and destroyed by him, thrown into some fire pit or something. So it was actually supposedly destroyed in the comics. Yeah, but then again, maybe Yoda had made himself a new one. Maybe, but we never. Well, after the fight in the, the Chancery in the in the in the Senate, Yoda disappeared straight away to to Tatooine. So maybe there was one on Tat on Dagobah that he built. But um, I, I'm wondering no, if it he, is. He goes out to uh, Kashi. No. Yes, because he takes from Kashyyyk off in this weird egg-shaped rocket. Yes, that wasn't... No, was that Kashyyyk? No, because he he, in episode three, he's on Kashyyyk. He leaves Kashyyyk and comes to to Coruscant. Yeah, but after that, when he says to the people, I need to... Oh, no, I need to go into exile is when he's Mm -hmm. on the uh, the speeder with... uh, with Kenobi. Senator Amidala. Yes, no, with, Amidala. Sen- with, uh, with Senator, yeah, with Sen- Senator um, Organa. Organa. Organa, yes. So, but anyway, yeah, so anyway, it, it looks like they might have retconned how Luke Yoda's lightsaber. Fine, they can do that. They're allowed to. Or, or, you know. or he, he ha- somehow made or he handed himself one. Yeah, exactly. One. Anyway, but it was nice that, that we, you know, so basically Luke in, is basically giving Grogu a choice of Leave the temple, take the chainmail, leave the temple, join dad. <laughs> Go be a Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, stay on the temple, ignore the Mandal- uh, forgo the Mandalorian and become a Jedi and you'll get the lightsaber. And then yeah. Grogu looks up and goes, Coo! and we cut the black. And, yeah, and that's I think it. A very interesting thing that uh, Luke mentions is that 
because of the longevity of uh, the race of, of Grogu, mm -hmm. a short period of your life is a lifespan for yes. others. Mm -hmm. So he basically says to him, yeah, you might go with him now, but before you're getting noticeably older yourself, he will be dead. Mm -hmm. So, Which is a, a harsh thing. Very much. But, and then we cut to black, and then we come into the end, heading towards the final episode. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Ooh, well, are, a, are we going to get any more cameos? If we I get any we more cameos, I'd be very much surprised. I I think we might. I think we might get a because because as I, as I said, you know, going back a couple of weeks, that um, Kevin Smith did that interview with Dave Klein, who's the the cinematographer, and he said episodes five, six, and seven are the three that you need to concentrate on. You know, watch. You know, that's when the show changes. Yeah. That's when the show picks up, um, and we've seen the show pick up constantly. I'm guessing if we see another cameo in episode seven, it's going to be in the last 10, yeah. 15 minutes to, to mm -hmm. set up any uh, story future shows, yeah. future shows, cliffhangers, whatever you want to call yeah. it. <laughs> we may get that. We may also, I think we may also get some, you know, because if Cad Bane is working for the Pikes, maybe there's another two, other two muscle, so we might get some additional. Bounty hunters that we've seen from Clone Wars. You yeah, never know. Potentially. Potentially. You know, I mean, we know that this is the episode Rod Robert Rodriguez is directing. He's directing the final episode. Um, but it's still being written by John Favreau. This episode was written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. So they both wrote it. That's why we got Cad Bane. <laughs> you know, that's why, that's why we had Cad Bane in the episode because it was a Dave Filoni episode Dave directed it as well so you know yeah, it, it. I think it's going to be an interesting episode let alone for the for the question that hangs above my head is how the hell will they all fit this together in a roughly one hour episode to, mm. to bring all that to an end I don't, I think we'll get an ending like The Mandalorian season one where we'll get a conclusion of sorts but I think there'll be some sort of stinger you know, some sort of surprise, yeah. Surprise, Boba Fett loses and is killed. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't think that. Will don't happen. think so. Um, I, I think, think I Boba think Fett be... is one of the characters Disney mm. will not allow themselves nah. to get killed. Well, I don't think I don't think they'll they'll they'll. From the characters there, I can see them keeping Cad Bane alive. Basically, because you've just introduced the character, I know that that character has a lot of baggage, but you know a lot of history with him that they could easily explore in future shows. Fennec Shan will keep, you know, that character. You know, it's a strong female character that Disney want. Yeah, mm -hmm. Boba definitely, and Cobra. I think the four sort of cameo characters. I'm not counting Grogu or Luke, but I think those characters will. Be the be the ones that you know that are very much strong in the force to to be alive. I could be wrong about Cad Bane because I think we'll get the rancor. I think we'll get Boba riding a rancor in this episode coming. Yeah, and it, it, it would be very nice if the rancor then would eat somebody. Yeah, but I think that's what we'll get. We'll get Boba riding a rancor. 
in episode seven. I think we'll get war. I think we'll see different, you know, like the mods helping, and I think we'll get Cobb Vanth helping. We'll get the Pike coming in, but I've got a suspicion that the Pike Syndicate's being backed by Crimson Dawn. Um, so Maybe I think we will see get the, uh, the Jawas come rushing in. Mm. Yeah, we know that the episode's going to be the, the, the war episode, or the, the fight anyway, because it might just be a bit like that one on what happened on Navarro, yeah? But here's one which we haven't, which I haven't just, which I've just considered, could be wrong. What if we get some Mandalorians fighting with the Pikes? If they're going down the route of this, the Pike Syndicate, if they decide to do the whole thing that it's the Pike Syndicate, but they're part of Crimson Dawn. I'm going to keep using Crimson Dawn because that's what they're called. We know Maul was on Mando when Crimson Dawn was founded. And he had not just the syndicates there, but he also had Mando, the, the Maldalorians. Yeah, which I, I, don't, think I don't think where... the, the Mandalorians um, are set up in this series no. of, of episodes as a uh, gun for hire for everybody. I think they have some some dignity, well, some respect for who they're working for. Maybe, but if if they do decide to go down the route of, of the whole um, the whole, you know, Crimson Dawn, the Shadow Collective, as it was called as well, you know, um, and Kira, you know, possibly making an appearance. She could bring the Shadow Collective in and have links with Maul, thus having a links with the, 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 those Mandalorians that sided with Maul. And remember, some of the ones that sided with Maul, uh, basically were, were the, what you call it? The, the Watch. Mm -hmm. Which means, I've got a suspicion, and I think this probably be explained in season three of the Mando more than anything else, that the Armourer and characters like Pre Vizsla were part of the Shadow Collective. I think the Armourer is is one of the characters that we've seen from the animated series. They've just called her the Armourer. They haven't given her her name from from Clone Wars season seven. You know, this this is what I like about the current state of, of, of Star Wars with Disney. Mm -hmm. There's so much potential in everything mm -hmm. they do on The Mandalorian and on the Book of Boba Fett, and it's mm -hmm. just, it's almost annoying. You can't really guess where it's going. And even if you, if you try to do it, you're still getting some things mm -hmm. that go, make you go, WTF, am I mm -hmm. watching? Yeah. <laughs> in a positive way. Because I think the, 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 you know, we're like, no, we know that John Favreau and Dave Filoni are basically trying to link the Man Mandalorian stuff to episode seven. So there is this coherent time going on, yeah? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily, you know, they're not trying to do anything with the stories from seven, eight, and nine because we know there was issues with them, yeah? But they're trying to at least link the timelines between what was going on in the Mando season two with Moff Gideon and the cloning facilities and the clones through two, you know, elements coming from rebels and clone wars. 
And the reason being is we know where Dave Bologna was. Dave Bologna sat at the right hand of George. He was there. He was. I think if George had kept hold of Star Wars, I'd kept a hold of Skywalker and had decided to step back before sell, without selling it. You know, if he stepped down, I think Dave Filoni would have filled that void. You know, he would have yeah. been you know, the heir apparent, as people say, yeah? Because he worked with George. He was the one that understood Star Wars. That's how he got the job. And we've seen the interview that he did about how he got the job, um, you know, and all of that. But, and now you've got, you know, you've got people working on a show that aren't just creatives. They are fans. They understood the creation George put in place. Yeah, they, they, they totally don't, understood it. They, they don't do a movie or a series because they no. get good money for it or it's a challenge to do, but they do it because mm -hmm. they really want to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, we can all, uh, you know, we can complain about seven, eight and nine, but at least as well with, with even with seven, J.J. Abrams was a fan. You know, there was, yes, there was issues over the story and all of that, but still, you know, the director was a fan first you know so you know there is some love in there you know the story and other things we can complain yeah. about stuff like that I, I i feel hard pressed to compare oh the yeah the royal and the book of boba fett with episodes seven to nine yeah yeah well, <laughs> you know honest. what i mean is that there is issues there you know there are issues there but at least the person who was behind the camera tried to create tried to do something in episode seven especially was a fan first and foremost yeah but they just didn't have the writing down. I think, you know, there's 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 been a call, and this is interesting, that, you know, whatever happens, say, with going forward with movies, that one of the things they should do is give Bryce Dallas Howard a film to direct, you know, give her a Star Wars film to direct, because her episodes of The Mandalorian and Book of Boba have just gotten better and better and better. Yeah, she, she, did, she, she, did. she really went above and beyond. She did with her episode and with the episode where she introduced um, uh, what's her face, Katie Stackhoff's character, Bo-Katan, yeah. and then even introducing Gina Carano's character. That was her episode as well. So you know she's introduced a new character. She's introduced a established character, and then she brought back the Mandalorian and knocked it out of the park with that one. You know, but if they ever did that, say for example, give her a film, what they need to do then is go to John Favreau and Dave Filoni. And go, you write it. Because I think that's the problem that we are having with Star Wars movies is not so much the directors, it's the writing, it's getting the tone, it's the understanding. And if you can give it to, to creative people who understand it, like Dave and John, Bryce, you know, even Robert Rodriguez, you know, to direct. I think you'll you'll have a winner. I, I, I'm really interested to see what Patty Jenkins does because I think Patty Jenkins is an incredible filmmaker. And if she's may, may I if, just interrupt you for right? a second, mm -hmm. I, I just stumbled across something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As you said, uh, Bryce should get her own movie. Mm -hmm. I was just looking at what she also has done as a directress. Mm -hmm. uh, she is in pre-production on a movie called Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's redoing Flight of the Navigator for, Di for Disney. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the original movie. Yes, I know the original movie. Oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. You do know as well is that she also acts. Yeah, the the, the list isn't... Uh, I, I, you cannot see the the list of 
acting she had done. Oh yeah. Well, she was a she was a little girl. She's an uncredited little girl in Apollo thirteen. <laughs> and then went on to do a bunch of other stuff, and then of course turned up in Jurassic World. Yeah, that's but, where but... that's where she, she was sort of the big the big acting thing, you know, the big franchise that she's, I was she's just done. Because her her what made me see this as a special interest thing is the mm -hmm. other directory things she's been credited for are shorts or documentaries mm -hmm. or a music yeah. video. This, the Flight of Navigator, would mm -hmm. be her first major movie. Yeah, and it's for Disney. And it's a interesting story. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I've, I've watched the original. It's going to be, it'll be a really interesting one to think. But speaking of, of um, things like casting and things like that i saw something and i don't know if it was if it was announced but caden christensen isn't just playing anakin stroke vader for kenobi he is turning up as anakin slash vader whichever one it is in ahsoka hmm i'm going to go with anakin in a flashback scene no i'm going to go with anakin as a force ghost <laughs> well, that, that's a possibility too. I think we'll get well. We could even get him. We could even get a flashback of him as Vader and Ahsoka fighting each other in the temple from season two of Rebels. Yeah, could, in live action. Again, we we could see anything happen that currently yeah, with, anything happen, with but, the but, ones who are at the helm of Star Wars currently. Exactly, but we're getting. We are getting. Anakin turning up, or well, Hayden turning up in Ahsoka as well. And the other, the other rumbling, of course, is Tamara Morrison's going to turn up in Ahsoka as Rex. Clone Warrior, Clone, Clone Captain Rex. Some, some clone at least. <laughs> yeah, some clone, and he supposedly he's, he's filmed some stuff for Kenobi as Cody. It's like uh, technically you don't need him anymore. Seriously, <laughs> you know, you can use the deep fake stuff. Okay. Well, maybe they are deepfakes. We just don't know it yet. Well, you know, I mean, the they sort of used the deepfake stroke CGI technology, didn't they, for all the clones when we saw them without helmets in episode two. Yeah. But the technology just wasn't there. Imagine what you could do now. <laughs> A lot of things. Mm. But, but let, let's get back to this season one, episode six of Book of Boba Fett. What's your Which... overall... Judgment. I loved it. <laughs> it was just. It was just. Are we? What are we seeing? What are we getting? <laughs> they yeah. introduced my big thing was you know yes it was nice seeing Luke and nice seeing Ahsoka and Grogu yeah you know we knew you know I was I thought we would probably get them, um, but my big thing was it's Cobb Van. Sorry, it's it's what's his face? It's it's Cad Bane. <laughs> they did it. They introduced Cad Bane. It was like yeah. Okay, and, and yet still people complained. Oh God! Because yes, the mask didn't did. look as he would in the cartoons, and I was just going, "Oh, people, please go yeah, stick just, it to yourself." Yeah, I saw that as well. At somebody now, that guy's been getting stick on Twitter, and he said, "I just did it for myself." Yeah, the one that did the 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 redoing, the like the redoing of it, make him look the hat a little bit wider and the face and everything yeah. to match the comic the, books, the mouth a bit lower. Mm -hmm. But then what he did as well is he, he took uh, a picture of um, Christopher Lee as Dooku and did 
Christopher Lee's Dooku as he should look in the, from the animated as well. <laughs> just to, just to go shut just to try and shut people up. Yeah, it's it, it's like people forget that uh, Clone Wars and Rebels are all highly stylized. Yeah, it, it's it's you know people forget that it's a cartoon. It's not live action. Yeah, with live least... action you're going to have to make some changes. But I think um, CAD was a predominantly a mask practical effect. Yeah. I think that what what has been generated computer wise is the eye section. I think that's yes. that's After mm-hmm. Effects. Yeah, yeah, definitely the eyes. The same way that they did Spider Man's eyes and and all of that for the for the costumes of of that is those are CG. Deadpool's as well. Those are CG. Yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons why Cat Bane is looking down so long mm-hmm. in, in the first few minutes of that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, and I didn't know this, that they based Cad Bane's character from a spaghetti western. The actual character is based on a character from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly called Angel Eyes. It was Lee Van Cleef's character. Well, isn't that quite obvious? It's not. I didn't. Well, the hat is when you look at the new version of the hat. But originally, I didn't know that. I, I mean, I understood that the character was a gunslinger and was based on the older spaghetti westerns, but they actually predominantly based them on the Lee Van Cleef character from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I, I think... Uh, what, which I thought what, was quite interesting. Uh, what uh, puts him, pu- puts you off the trail is the lack of nose. Mm, so true. Because that's a very distinct feature of him being in the spaghetti western with his very distinct mm-hmm. hawk beak nose and his yeah. squinty eyes. And mm-hmm. with Cat Bane, you only get the squinty eyes, and the mm-hmm. nose is gone completely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the whole that's the look of the Duros, anyway, isn't it? Yeah. But it was just interesting that they said, you know, they based him on on Lee Van. Yeah, it says yeah, you know, Corey Burton, the voice of Zero, the Hood Count Dooku, the provided vein based, which was based on Lee Van Cleef's performance from the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. So the actual voice that Corey does is based predominantly on. Angel, the character of Angel Eyes, which is it's just interesting to see that and go, ah, now I can see it. You know, when you, especially when you watch that old, so sort of that classic spaghetti western. Yeah, I but think you need to find a source for that to watch, rewatch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's but... it's one of the my fa- personal favorite mm-hmm. spaghetti westerns, the good, bad, and mm-hmm. ugly. Yeah, it's 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 just interesting that they based them on on that iconic. I wouldn't say that character per se, because Lee Van Cleef played a lot of iconic characters in his career. Um, it's more the fact that the actor, you know, came as that because he was in the other two spaghetti westerns that Clint Eastwood did. You know, the so he was in the second one, the fistful. He was in a few dollars more, the one with mm-hmm. the watch and this in the the thing. He was the other bounty hunter that was hunting the guy to duel with the with the music watch and stuff. Um, but you know, it was it was just really interesting. I read that and said, "Ah, now I see it." I didn't see it before, and I'd never even read that bit. But after I read it, it was like, "Ah, yeah." But before we close, there's one other speculation to think about as well, of sorts. Do we think Cad Bane is the one that butchered the sand people, and to blame it on the biker gang? No. You don't? No, I don't. I think that Cat Bane would be too expensive for such crude work. Mm. I think that that has been done by a mob of uh, 
what's that called again? Uh, pipes. Just to blame the. Just, just to have superior firepower roll over them, shoot everything to bits, and then go home again. I don't mm. think that's a job for Cat Bane. Yeah. And let's face it, if he were to do that alone, no matter how fast he could shoot, there would be too many people shooting back. True. Very true. But it was just an interesting thought of us. Mm, I wonder if the Pikes did hire Cat Bane for that, you know? He, he may have led the attack. But I don't think that he would be alone on that. Mm-hmm. Mm, very true. But anyway, what did you think of the the episode? I was fascinated the whole way through, and for different reasons at different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 part part where uh, Luke goes, "Will I see you again?" struck me as a very weird dialogue choice. Mm-hmm. The moments where I actually realized what kind of music they were running in the background got me really thinking about what are they doing. <laughs> and some characters uh, that had been introduced uh, was just like, "Oh, this is so tropey. I'm going to enjoy how he's going to <laughs> screw up later." <laughs> let's face it the second deputy dickhead uh, appears on scene I immediately know this guy is going to cause trouble some way Mm -hmm. or another or get himself into trouble he he will play a major part later in some involuntary Mm -hmm. way and he gets himself shot he does what's interesting about the actor who plays the deputy the deputy was called Scott by the way yeah it's JJ Dashnor is his name, right? Mm-hmm. Guess what he's get? He's got credits here as Boba Fett full armor double for episodes <laughs> one, two, three, and four. They they really make the most of of their stunt players. Their don't stunt they? players, yeah. So he's so he's according to this, he's in six episodes of the season of the series, right? So he must be in. And next week's episode is a stunt person. But he's down as stunt coordinator as well. He was a stunt coordinator on the Book of Boba. But he's down as contribution Boba Fett. Full armor double. Full armor double. Full armor double. Full armor. It just says for episode four. And then episode five, of course, as Scott. You know. Uh, but did it help? No, he's dead. No, no, he got shot lots. <laughs> But yes, it was it was just quite interesting that that he's that he's you know he's the he's Timur Morrison's stunt double. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, hmm. we'll, we'll we'll pay your scale plus you can be on screen as an actual without the helmet on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but but you still need to do your own stunt. <laughs> yeah, you still need to take a couple of blaster bolts or potentially take a couple of blaster bolts to the chest. Well, uh, him being quote unquote just a stunt double uh, redeems some of his clonky acting <laughs> but then yeah. again that could be on purpose for the uh, for the for the actual role mm-hmm. true yeah it could just be the fact that that you know that he was he was meant to be a bit of a dickhead and get shot for his trouble a, a very nervous freshman yes very much the 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 the, the rookie yeah <laughs> so this almost wraps up the book of Boba so. Fett and mm-hmm. i think i'll be I'll be glued to my seat next uh, Wednesday when the next mm-hmm. episode uh, comes crawling out of the digital vaults. Indeed. D- depending on how workflow is, I might uh, actually 
put my break to a different time on that day to get an early look before people start spoiling it like yes because the back. internet's gonna go ballistic i think with the last episode there'll oh, be that much I, I i might be imagining things but i think with this episode they were up and above with spoiler mode almost instantaneously yeah. i didn't see <laughs> as many references for the current episode for <laughs> any of the last six yeah yeah, there was there was a lot of internet straight away as soon as the episode sort of air, was airing. Yeah, and I, uh, I don't I mean, get it. I really don't. If if you've got complaints, put a spoiler tag in front yeah. and then start complaining. But people just putting out pictures left, right, center, mm-hmm. spoiling yeah. the fun for everybody. What's wrong with you? Yeah. I suppose I'm lucky in the fact is that I'm sitting watching it at like eight o'clock when it drops in the UK. Yeah, it's. It, so I'm not getting hit with the spoilers the same it, way as lots of other some, people. Sometimes, would. like they people don't realize other people's need to work and yeah. have, maybe don't have time watching anything interesting in a relaxed way before the weekend. So mm-hmm. just keep keep your mouth shut for a week. Is that yeah. too much to ask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just 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 hold your horses. But on the whole, good episode. Definitely yeah. looking forward to the season finale. And we'll see if we're, if the season finale leads into anything else, you know, a, uh, a season two. We've not heard anything, you know. Is it going to link into Mando season three? You know, I mean, that might be the obvious. That might be the way of doing it. You know, we get Mando season three and then we get Book of Boba season two or chapter two or whatever you want to call it after Mando season three. You know? Yeah, they, they could be onto something here with, with the story arc. Though I think uh, if we don't get a conclusive end with the uh, Book of Boba next week, I'm guessing they are almost pressured into doing at least one more season to get mm-hmm. a conclusion on this. Uh, yeah. Uh, what 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 do we call this kind of? It, it's not a Western story. It's not a detective story. It's redemption. But is it? Sort of because of Baba. Yeah, Baba. He he's he's yeah he he's not like the high killer profile no. type anymore. But he's still claiming to be the head bad guy oh. of a city. Yeah, but I think it's more of a story about him understanding his place in the galaxy. Because if you think about it, he was he was that constant, you know, that constant of being the the, the merciless killer. He's Cad Bane. He's the opposite side to what Cad Bane is. If you think that Cad Bane hasn't changed from when we first met him in Clone Wars right the way through to now, right? Mm-hmm. He's still that merciless bounty hunter that'll work for anybody. Where Boba wants to do it differently. He wants to work for himself, but he doesn't want to operate in the same way that the Huts and the Pikes and the Syndicates do, where using fear and basically butchering everybody. He wants to do it with respect and do it, you know, do it completely different. So it's a way of him not only understanding his place in the galaxy, but also redeeming his own, shall we say, reputation in some yeah. respect. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait on how all this ends next week. Yeah, definitely. Well, this has been a longish episode for a rather long episode of the uh, Book of Boba Fett. I thank Ralph for being here. You lot out there listening, stay safe, stay away from the internet until you've had the chance to watch next week's episode. And after that, you can come back to us and hear us bitch and moan about details we've been seeing. With that said, have a nice weekend. Bye.